And as I dive into the word, um, the word that I have for you today is something that I think is important for us in 2021 and beyond. We are seeing so much in the news, in the media, in our lives, in our communities and in our country as well as a whole. And this week, I want to I'm going to go for a few scriptures. But before I kind of tell you the title of today's sermon, I want you to turn with me to the book of Jeremiah and I will be reading from Jeremiah chapter one. That is Jeremiah chapter one. And I'm going to be looking from verse four through to twelve. Once again, Jeremiah chapter one from verse four through to twelve. And as per usual, I'll be looking through the New King James Version. Also, just I even forgot to mention before that the children are also have their own online service. The children have their own online service. So your children can go and tune in to one of the Zoom sessions now where they'll have their own um, children's class and they can enjoy that as this service is going on. If you're there with me at Jeremiah chapter one, say I so I know or just leave a comment in the comment section. So I'm aware that you guys are there. Jeremiah chapter one. You there? Great. From verse four. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, then said I, ah, the Lord, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I'm a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth, for you shall go into all whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver. So, so I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Verse nine. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. Someone say touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my my words in your mouth. See, see, I have said so see, I have set this day before you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? Someone say it with me. Jeremiah, what do you see? Someone say it with me a second time, but this time put your name there. Emmanuel, what do you see? And he said, I see a branch, an almond tree. Verse 12. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you this morning. I thank you for your holy word. I thank you for your people. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your people that have come together to hear from your word today, oh God. And Father, I just pray that you will continue to use me as a vessel just to speak forth what you've shared with me in this current season. And Father, I just pray in the mighty name of Jesus that your word, your undefiled word, your perfect holy word will go forth and minister to those in need in order for them to take and cleave from your word and to run with your word and to listen and to take what you have for them just to just to use in this moment, in this season. For your word is alive. Your word is light. Your word is truth. Your word is power. Your word brings peace. And your word brings hope. 
In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Today's sermon is entitled, What Do You See? What do you see? As I was really looking at this, I was really just pondering on the current season that we find ourselves in. I was thinking of the new season that we come into. We've now two weeks have gone by, 50 weeks have left for the year 2021. Many people started with New Year's resolutions, plans, goals. And as 14 plus days have passed, what happens is that we are very quick to result back to our revert rather back to our old habits, our old way of being. And it's important to kind of understand that what do you see? Because we see a scripture that says, write down the vision, make it plain and run with it. But at times when life circumstances and old habits come and creep back into our lives, we revert back to our old way of being. You see, in this scripture, I just wanted to use some of the things that we see in Jeremiah before I kind of pivot into some scriptures found in the New Testament about what God spoke. He says, I knew you in your mothers before I formed you. I knew you before you were born. I sanctified you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nation. But what happens? We see Jeremiah says that, but Lord, I'm a youth. How can I speak? And at times in our own lives, we feel we're inadequate. Sometimes we feel that we're, we're too young. Some of us, we feel that, but you know what? We haven't experienced, we haven't experienced it all. We haven't, we have, we're not mature enough in some of the things that we are practicing. And that may be true in some seasons, but at times we must need to be aware that God has equipped us for particular things. In Jeremiah's case, as a prophet to the nations. What has God equipped you for? What has God prepared you for in this year? What has God prepared you for in this particular season? We see at times where people say that an imposter syndrome keeps, creeps in, whether in their places of work or in, in whatever they feel God has called them to and they feel inadequate. Oh, you know, I'm not good enough. Maybe this is not for me. Maybe, I'm not, maybe I was never called to achieve these things or do these things. And I want to remind you that whatever God has called for you to write down, whatever God has called for you to see, for you to achieve for his glory in 2021 and beyond, Please do not look at your current circumstance or the current season, but look at your saviour. Look at this, your saviour that has the power, that has the, that has the truth, that, that has the ability to change even the current place that you may find yourself in. Because it is so important to know what do you see. You see, God didn't only tell Jeremiah what did he see. He said that to many of the other prophets in, in Amos chapter 7, verse 8. The Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? Why does God tell his people, what do you see? I think sometimes he uses that to test us and also to confirm within us. Because we know that life and death is in the power of the tongue. In Zechariah chapter 4, verse 2, he went to say, he says, what do you see? to Zechariah and in Jeremiah as we've seen it again what do you see I ask you this morning in the comment section write down what do you see what do you see what has God called you to achieve where has God told you to go where have you written down some of the plans that God has purposed in your life 
And what have you what have you done with those plans in the first 14 days so far? We're in day 17 of the of the year 2021 with 50 days left. What have you planned? What have you proposed? What have you done with the plans? And are you continuing to pray and persevere? Or are you currently procrastinating? What do you see? What do you see? It's really, really, really important to analyze and think about the way we see because we need to understand that there are two ways to see. There's ways to see in the physical and there's also ways to see in the spiritual. But turn with me to the book of Mark chapter 8 because there's something that I find really, really interesting here. That sometimes in our season of either trials and tribulation, it is very, very easy to share your excuses. It's very, very easy to say all the reasons why you may find yourself being in that place of the test and the trials and sometimes choosing to stop rather than continue in the things that God has for you and has told you to press on forward in order to achieve. Mark chapter 8, verse 22 through to 26. Verse 22. Then he came to Bethesda, and he brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch and sorry, and begged him to touch him. Verse 23. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit in his eyes, <laughs> he put his hand on him and asked him if he saw anything. I always say, boy, this is interesting. Because it says that Jesus took him by the hand. And led him out of the town. Why did Jesus take this blind man out of the town? Is it because he maybe didn't want the crowd to see how he was about to perform this new miracle on him? But he asked him, do you see, he asked him if he saw anything. And what does he say in verse 24? And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Verse 25. Then he put his hand on his eyes again, again. And made him look up, and he was and sorry, and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. You see, when in the beginning, when God almost gives you a calling, or where God has told you that you know this is something I want you to kind of step out and do. In the beginning, it seems vague; it doesn't really seem clear. Sometimes you're stepping out in the inception of certain things in the Genesis or of some of the things that God has called us to do. It, it doesn't always seem to plan out. It's a bit like baking a cake. You have the flour, your raisin flour, you have the eggs, you have the milk, you have everything all together. And you're beginning to kind of put it in this concoction, you're like, it's just all gooey. And then you've got lumps and then you're just whisking it, whisking it, whisking it. And nobody eats it in that current form. But later on, after you bake it and after you put it together and it comes out, you, re- you begin to see that in the latter part, in the end of a thing, it makes sense. And as I always say, you can't count the dots looking back. You can only truly count the dots when you look back. But sometimes we realize that we reach a landmark, we stop and we think, oh, this is the achievement. I know we must continue to journey with Jesus and trust in Jesus for the journey that lies ahead that he has called us to as sojourners as we pass through this earth, as we continue to achieve so many of the various stepping stones of our lives that God has called us to, to fulfill the purpose and the calling upon our lives. But I want you to understand that just like this man, that Jesus healed, this blind man that Jesus healed. In that first point, it seems blurry. What is this? I see people, men like trees. 
like silhouettes. It's not clear. And for some of us, when Jesus is performing something in our lives, that there is a process to that performance. There is a process to the things that Jesus is doing in our lives, but we must be patient with the process. For some of us, we've chosen to be like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Two weeks in, old habits creep in. We go back to the mentality of Egypt, the mentality of old, and we want to go back rather than pressing on into the promised land that God has before us. In this case, the promised land being that place of fulfillment, knowing that where there is milk and honey for us to fulfill and achieve these things, ultimately for God's glory. But the trials, the wrestles, and even rushing with the process makes us procrastinate, makes us pause, makes us wait, and even at times makes us worry. That like, God, you know, maybe this is not for me. Maybe this is not what I'm meant to achieve. Maybe, maybe I'm not meant to achieve these great things that you've called me to. Maybe the dream that you gave me, maybe it wasn't my dream. Maybe it was somebody else's. Maybe the things I wrote down, maybe it's not for me. But we need to understand that, yes, your comfort zone is a cool place, but nothing great grows there. And for God to take you to that place, just like he told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, be strong and courageous, for it is the land I promise you. And what does he tell them? He tells them again in verse 6 to 9, but have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. We need to understand that when God is giving us something, we must learn to see in the spiritual and trust in his still small voice, even as we journey through some of the trials that stand before us. Because if all we see is the trial, we will never get to that place of triumph. We must truly trust God in truth and in spirit. As I dive down, look um, deeper into verse 25 to verse 26. It says, then he put his hands on our eyes and again I looked up and my eyes were restored and I could see clearly. You see, when things don't seem to work out, when you're in that process or in that journey and sometimes you're still kind of going through the birth pains of the inception of building the things that God has told you to build, please understand that we must learn to be patient and seek God's face and cry out to him and say, God, God, help me see. Help me see what you want me to see. God, I see in part, but help me see in whole. God, I, I don't see it all together, but help me trust you. I love how Dr. Martin Luther King said that you do not, even though you don't see the whole staircase, as long as you can see the first step, that's enough. We must learn to take the first step with God and to journey with him because we understand that he's the author and finisher, not only of our faith, but he also sees the end from the beginning. We must trust in him. We must journey with him. Verse 26 goes on to say, Then he went, then he sent him away into his house, saying, Go, sorry, go into the town, nor tell anyone in that town. Sorry, neither go into that town, neither tell anyone in that town. Sometimes I believe that God takes us out of an environment because I always say that environment is very, very key to your own development. It tells us Jesus said he took him by the hand outside of that town. He healed him, he restored him. But he tells him, don't go into that place. Why? Because sometimes when God wants to help you and heal you and restore you and show, give you a new vision, you must need to check your environment. The things that God has called you to do in this year, ask yourself, who are the people in your environment? Who are the people that God is trying to separate you from? 
Who do people are acting as a hindrance? Not to adopt the mindset of this cancel culture where as soon as somebody does something, I cancel them, cancel this, cancel that. But mainly to really adopt a Christ-focused lens of saying that, God, what do you have me do in this season? Who do you have me journey with in this season? And who have you asked me to separate from in this current season, either permanently or temporarily? Who, Lord? Because it is vital that we understand that environment is key to when we shift in our mindset and shift in the way we see so that we can see through what God has called us to see. As he told Jeremiah, what do you see? I ask you, dear saints, I ask you, my brothers and sisters, what do you see? Do you currently still see the turmoil in our political world? Do you currently still see the pain and the problem of the pandemic? Or do you still see more than that? Do you still see hope? Or is the current pain leading you to that place of where hope deferred makes the heart sick? Or is Christ still the anchor of your hope? Do you still trust in him with the dreams and the visions that he's given you? Do you still believe that there is hope for your family members to be saved and your community to be changed? What do you see? What do you see? Because I truly believe that many of us may be visionaries and vision bearers, but some of us have been called to be vision keepers. What do I mean by being a vision keeper? to find out the things that God has called for some of us in our communities, our families, that, you know, this is what I've seen, and God says, yeah, I've called you to be a helpmate to that person. I've called you to be a, a sojourner with that person. Because as you journey with that person, sometimes that person may have doubt in the vision that God has given them, but God has called you to be a part of the mission in order to see that vision come to fruition. Do you trust? Do you believe? What do you see? Another thing I want you to look at is turn with me to the book of John chapter 5 and I'm going to read from verses 1 through to 15. John chapter 5 verses 1 through to 15. And after this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up into Jerusalem, verse 2. Now there in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate of a pool, which was called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches, and in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for moving in the pool of water. Verse 4. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred it up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after a stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Verse 5. Now a certain man was there who, sorry, and now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there in that condition for a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? And the sick man answered him, sir, I have, I have no man to put me into the pool. And when the water is stirred up and while I was coming, another person steps in before me. And Jesus says to him, rise up, take up your bed and walk. And immediately that man was made well. He took up his bed and walked. And that was the Sabbath day. And that was the Sabbath day. I share this with you because we see that people in that time, in that tradition, 
they were waiting on the, the, the they were waiting on the, the fairy tales and the stories of what they believed of this pool and these angels coming down. And when I first used to read this, I thought, oh, this is sound. But I realized that this man didn't know he was standing before the maker himself. He didn't know he was standing before the person that was able to heal, restore and bring him back to fullness of life. But Jesus asked him a question. Do you want to be made well? I ask you guys a question in this season. Not only what do you see, do you believe in what you see? Or are you still complaining of your limitations? Are you still complaining that, God, I remember the vision you gave me, but I haven't got enough money to achieve this. Oh God, I really want to achieve this, but I haven't got enough helpers to help me out. God, I want to achieve this, but I've been in this condition for ages. And as I've been in this condition for ages, it's like nothing seems to be working out, God. Nothing seems to be working out. But I love what Jesus did. It said immediately, Jesus told him, rise up, take up your bed and walk. And why did Jesus tell him to take up his bed? Maybe because he understood that him taking up his bed reminds him of where he used to be and also reminds him that this is a testimony. I truly believe that no matter what has happened to you in your previous years, in your previous seasons, no matter what pains or problems you've ever encountered, you need to understand that God is able to change your situations and circumstances in an instant. It is very easy as that person by the pool of Bethesda to see other people getting into the pool. Other people are grabbing these opportunities. What about me? But understand that greater is he that lives in you than he that is in this world. Understand that Jesus has entrusted you with the gift he's given you, with the vision he's given you. And it is your opportunity to truly believe in God's sovereignty, but understand that you have been given the ability to make these things happen because God has called you to that. What do you see? Do you see your limitations or do you truly see the King of Kings? Do you see your past problems or are you holding on to God's promise? And I want to leave you with this. These um, final two particular scriptures that I, I find quite profound. For some of us, we are going to go through a fiery furnace and that fiery furnace could do one of two things. It can consume us or it can help refine us and make us truly walk in faith. Daniel chapter 3 verse 24 to 26. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar was astonished as he rose in a haste and spoke saying to the counsellors, did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? Then he answered and said to the king, True, O king. Verse 25. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. And I want to remind you that no matter what you go through, no matter what trials you have, hold on to the vision that God has given to you. Hold on to the mission and the plan he's told you to write down. Continue to pray, persevere. Continue to have biblical and wise counsel around you. That when you're going through times of trials and distress, you're like, I, I can't do this. I can't go through this fire. It's just going to consume you. God, this is too big for me. Just as Jeremiah said, I'm a youth. Jesus, God said, no. God said, I will touch your tongue. I will touch you. I will tell you what to do. I've given you a command. I've given you a mandate. And it's up to you to understand that you need to fulfill it because there's going to be an end date for that mandate in that moment in time. And as you do that, you will understand that just as they went in, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, there was a fourth, the son of man, 
being there. And we must continue to trust in God in truth and in spirit as we go through the challenges and the trials of 2021. And as I leave with you in this, in saying what do you see, it's important to see what God sees. And Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 tells us that but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What do you see? Are you seeking God? Are you trusting God? Are you holding on to God? Because when you're able to trust God, trust me, when you have faith the size of a mustard seed, when you're excited about the gift and the goals and the vision that God wants you to achieve for his glory and his glory alone, you don't only do exploits for God, you bring change into this world as Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 reminds us, that may they see your good works, that it brings glory to our Father in heaven. And do not be like Thomas, where he told us, where Jesus said in John chapter 20, verse 29, Thomas, but because you have seen me and you believe, blessed are those who have not seen yet believe. Are you a person that continues to believe in God? Are you a person that continues to see what God has told you to see rather than just purely the circumstances that lie around you? And with that, I just want us to pray. And as we pray, I want us to pray that God, Heavenly Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you'll touch every single soul online. You'll touch every single person online. You'll touch every single person's heart and mind. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that the things that you've told them to see in this year, in this season, will come to fruition in the mighty name of Jesus. That the, that, that, that the habits of old, that the things that want to send them back will be broken and you will continue to bring them forward, to press on and persevere in truth and in spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. 